three. And so uh, just really kind of wanted to get your expertise and kind of get your history. And, you know, you've been through a lot, done a lot in business, uh, community activism, things of that nature. And so I kind of wanted to kind of introduce the, the audience to the things that you've done and kind of get a feel from where you started. And since uh, this episode was dedicated to Nip- Nipsey Hussle, and so we kind of just wanted to uh, take it away from going into properties and doing all that fun stuff and kind of just get to some real talk between men. You know okay, okay. Well, you know, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. Home of the world champion, New England Patriots. <laughs> world champion, I guess Boston means. Red Sox. No, this is why, this is why I tell people. Yeah. I go out, I don't care about sports. Yeah. For the fact, I've never been to an New England Patriots game. I had tickets to the Super Bowl. I didn't go. Yeah. I don't care about that stuff. I've probably been to two baseball games. That's only because I worked for baseball. Yeah. Not because I was a fan. Exactly. I actually worked for Major League Baseball, and I was required to go to a game. I went to two baseball games. Okay. So when I say that, it means nothing to me. But all these emphatic fans who live their lives through other folk, oh, we hate the Patriots. So I say to them, I'm a fan by proxy of the New England Patriots and the Boston. They're the winners. Yeah. What loser team do you want me to follow? Okay. Like, <laughs> what loser, tell me what team I should follow, because I'm following the winner right now. So if you're from there, that's, that's cool. But it's a lot of people just jump I just happen to be from there. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. since, when I tell people I'm from there, it's a joke. I'm like, yo, oh, we hate the Patriots, we hate the Patriots. I said, well, what loser team do you want me to follow? Because yeah. you want me to quit a winner and go follow a loser. And they're like, when well, you put it like that, I'm like, no, tell me the loser team you want me to get on. And what's wrong with the Patriots? They win too much. I said, isn't that the objection? You want to be in the Super Bowl nine times and win six of them? You want to follow a loser team that never gets to the Super Bowl, gets crushed every year in the playoffs, and you want to be a broken-hearted fan, which probably means you're going to be a broken-hearted businessman. Probably going to mean you're going to be a broken-hearted husband, be a broken-hearted wife. If your mindset says... Follow losers. If your mindset says leave winners, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Gotcha. Now you can be a fan and just stick to your team. So how, how does that translate to like I guess your experience in business or in life as far as you picking um, winning situations? Winning situations. Um, my company is One ADS. Yeah. It stands. The one stands for number ones. Okay. I've worked at the White House. I've worked at Harvard. I've worked at London Business School. I've worked at Genius Network, I've worked for YPO, I've worked for EO, I've worked for ACA. These are all number one agencies globally. In their space, they're number one in the world. The eight, if you turn on the side, it stands for infinity. I never quit. The zero is I don't lose. The X is for I'll take whatever comes next. So when I go into a situation, I'm looking to partner with winners. So, like, all, all those organizations and institutions that you mentioned are, are huge. Huge. And so, most people would think that in order No, no, them, most people think I'm lying. First. Yeah. <laughs> first, <laughs> they think I'm lying. They only go research, they figure, next is why him and not me. So, for those that aren't thinking that way, that are, for some reason, they have in their mind that in order to, you know, partner a collaboration with an institution like that, they got to look a certain way, talk a certain way. I know you, you dress and talk the way you want to, no matter where you're at. So, what is your strategy or the way that you get these institutions to see the value that you really do have? I add value. That's simple. It's as simple as, it's not what you wear, it's what you produce. Gotcha. So, like, how, how though? Because, like, people say add value. 
That's a very common term in no, no, business. I mean, like what would be LeBron James adds value. For sure. So LeBron James can show up to any team in the NBA, any team in the world, and he will add value. Yeah. The uniform doesn't matter. For sure. So it doesn't matter the uniform he puts on. We understand him to be a valuable basketball player. For sure. And you can go, that's just a simple analogy. Kevin Durant, valuable basketball player. When he shows up, they don't care what he's wearing. If he shows up to your team and says, this summer when he's a free agent, he shows up to any team. He can come in fuzzy slippers and pajama pants. Mm-hmm. They understand his value. So going, going to sports. So, you know, you talk about LeBron and KD. So in order for them to get to that space, they got to go through whether it's playing ball, prove themselves. Or, exactly. so they prove themselves in, exactly. in high school. Exactly. And KD proved himself in college. So what I'm asking is like specifically what would someone have to prove in business in order to approach an institution of that nature, okay. regardless of how they look like, and say, hey, what's up? Okay. When you walk into, I'm about to do a deal with Microsoft. So I'm talking to Microsoft. My first thing with Microsoft is, what does Microsoft need? Yes. Not what do I need, what do they need? Gotcha. Microsoft wants to be in the uh, social justice space. Yes. Microsoft wants to be in the mass incarceration space from a entity that's helping the world. They want to do civic good in the world. And one of the human trafficking, um, homelessness, you go down hunger, yes. or free, clean water, everybody has their issues. So my thing is, what does Microsoft want to attach itself to? And how can I deliver that for Microsoft? So I'm an expert, like about a two or three million other black men in this country, but I accept that I'm an expert in criminology. I am an expert in prison. I am an expert at men transi- transitioning out of prison. I am an expert in poverty. I am an expert in urban living. I am an expert in depression and suicidal thoughts and, and homicidal thoughts. I have zero degrees. I got a GED from prison. I've lived all of this. And I accept that I'm an expert. And I can prove that I'm an expert because I got 51 years in this thing. Yeah, yeah. And so when I go to Microsoft, they want to be in that space that I've been in for 51 years. Yeah. Multiple generations of this. So I get it generationally. I get it personally. I get it historically. And so I talk to Microsoft. I say, you want to be in this space? Let me help you get into this space because I'm an expert. Yeah, yeah. So if I go to a foreign country, it's probably going to be some kid or some stranger or some homeless guy who's going to offer for 10 bucks, take me around the city or take me to the best restaurant. Yeah. So why am I following him and not the PhD I got with me? Because he's from me. Gotcha. So I'm from the spaces I'm speaking to. Okay, great. So what I'm getting from that is that whatever, you know, lane you want to go down, go and get some of your personal experience and become an expert in, in that field before you jump out trying to say that you are capable of working. Is that what you're saying? Look, I, I go to school and I talk to a bunch of little girls in middle school, high school. And they're like, well, I said, what are you going to be? And I tell them, you are girl experts. You're a girl specialist. You specialize in girls' issues. You're 15, you know exactly what 15 years are thinking, you know exactly what 15 years are going through. You're a girl's specialist. You're not just a girl in high school, you're not a sophomore in high school. You're a girl's specialist. Because as a girl's specialist, Microsoft, IBM, Google, any major company, they want to understand 15-year-old girls to sell them stuff, to um, brand them, to get them to buy in social good. Whatever their rationalization for needing to deal with that demographic you are a specialist in that space. Mm-hmm. If you see yourself as such, I became successful when I said it, not when you said it. Okay, gotcha. 
So another thing I kind of admire about you is you play the field of corporate and community very, very well. And so I know uh, it was a few years ago you were doing a lot of uh, activism work in California with gang members, right. I think, black and brown gangs. Pero que sí, yo trabajaba todo el mundo para todo el mundo. Feliz. Tú sabes, yo, yo tenía manos siempre todo el mundo. No se mete para pasar en eso. So, I, how, how do you, um, I guess, uh, uh, choose what, where you want to give your time to at any point in time? You know, like, some people say, hey, I got in the corporate door. Microsoft is messing with me. I'm cool with all that other stuff. How do you kind of make that? Trend that that back and forth to know when because I know Nipsey Hussle did the same thing. You know, he would do a lot of street community activism things, and then he would go and do high level business deals as well with like cryptocurrency and things like that. So, what was that like? For you? I can legitimately say in this phone, I have over a thousand CEOs and multimillionaires in my phone right now. I, I can call them, yes, and they will call me. I got a message last night from a really good friend of mine who owns a mega company in Missouri. He hit me up, and his message to me was. What he said. I'm gonna read it. This, this, this is the thing people miss. He says, How's your diet? How's your health? Your sons need you. Peace. Love Keith. That's the relationship I have with that gentleman. Great friend. Yeah. Great friend. That's see, it's not about business deals. People think, oh, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna do this thing and they're gonna pay me. And they'll show you the door. Yeah. I create relationships. relationships. Yeah. So that has you would you would thought that was one of the homies. But yeah. for me, he is one of my homies. Yeah. I'm saying. So yeah, I take that same that same uh, analogy and that same uh, position is that I start with building personal relationships first. Right. And when those become real and solid, then we can now explore whatever opportunities there are as far as business. If you hit mega bucks, who you buy a house for first? Your family. Facts. <laughs> and I, I personally don't like to do business with people I don't like. You know, so right. I've got to be my homie for me to say, okay, we're going to do anything that's going to have some type of long-term. I, I, when I go, my first objective, my first commentary is, what do you do? Yeah. That accent, that's a question you need to ask out the gate. What do you do? You need to find out this synergy. Does it make sense? Oh, you wash windows. Cool. Oh, you run a gym. Cool. Or you run a tech center. Mm -hmm. I need to find out what you do in a sense to see if we line up. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not trying to be in that space, then it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and the same thing vice versa. Yeah. Oh, I'm a motivational speaker. Oh, you run a gym. There's no correlation. Yeah. I'm a motivational speaker. You work at a school. Correlation. Gotcha. So from a work standpoint, we can connect. And if the work doesn't connect, can we personally connect? Now, what are you into? What do you like? I'm saying, you, you rocking that hat. I don't <laughs> that's not me. That's but that's fly. Me. You had a cheap kid. But I can appreciate you, yeah. even though I wouldn't wear it. Sure. There's some people who will spend the rest of their day talking about your hat okay. in a negative sense. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's not me. I'm cool. But some people, it's like yo, they have no value in themselves. So they look for other people to devalue mm -hmm. so they can increase their own value. Mm -hmm. But with corporate and community, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a CEO coach. That's what I do. Yeah. But what I am is an outreach worker. What I am is a poor kid from the hood who made it. Okay. So what I am is a guy who did 14 years in the penitentiary who changed his direction, who happens to be in the room with CEOs, who happens to be in the room with heads of state, who happens to be in the room. I haven't conformed or transformed yeah. into nothing. Exactly. I don't doubt my life. Yeah. Run up on me, we're going to handle it right here. Exactly. You know what I'm <laughs> so with that, the concept that I've seen, because I come around, I was at a meeting a few months ago, and I dressed like this. 
sense of marketing me. And everybody's like internet marketers, whatever, and they're doing their thing. And it's all black folks. And I went, I actually paid to get in the room. It was paid to get in, I'm sitting down. It was like people just trying to gather and do something. And people kept saying, well, what do you do? And again, they all got nice suits on, they got the nice shoes on. I probably didn't even shave that day. I'm just in there. I said, I'm an office manager. They kept like, after like four times, somebody said, an office manager where? And I told them. I'm actually the office manager who I work with, the number one mastermind group in the world, Genius Network. So when I said I work with the number one mastermind group in the world and the most connected man on the planet, Joe Powers, everything first was like, their first started July, because we know him, or we know, excuse me, we know of him, <laughs> and he wouldn't work with a guy like you. And he would work with a person, because they see me as less than them, because uh. I don't have on the shiny suit, I don't have on a shiny jewelry, I'm not wearing a cool hat. Yeah. I come as me. And in their minds, they believe to be to be in that space, you have to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. They're conditioning themselves for failure. And you're saying I'm gonna be who I am. I showed up. I met Joe Powers and in five minutes he hired me. Five minutes he said we're gonna connect, we're good, and from there. We've been great friends. That's my brother. If he called me right now, I'm on a plane. Matter of fact, I'm going out there in three days to do the Genius Network for three days, hang out with him. It's not just, hey, Andre adds value to my company. Andre adds value to my life. So me and Joe are super cool. He's a great guy, and we do a lot of collaborations and work together because we're in the same space. But the people in this meeting, black folks, couldn't accept that a nigga... <laughs> That's what they say. That niggas in the building. Yeah, you're yeah. saying we're sophisticated. We're middle class. You're saying we're Nick Rose. The nigger is somehow sitting over there with the big guy. And that's not right. Mm. In their minds, it's not right. It's not fair. And a bunch of other stuff. But the reason they didn't get the job is they ate themselves. Yeah. I'm going to around the fake. So what, what I've seen when it comes to that, I've seen that a lot of people have spent their whole lives trying to fit the narrative so that they can get in the door, you know, and, and they and they get upset with somebody who didn't have to do all that jumping through hoops. Because it wasn't just been themselves and got to the same place. And so they're upset because they spent the last 25 years of their lives thinking they gotta get the best degree, the best education, wasting their they're time. In debt. And then here you come along just being smart, just being yourself, being capable of doing whatever, and you get the same thing. No, no, I don't get the same thing. I get more. Let's put it on board. Get more. <laughs> they don't get it because once you can torture yourself into something that's unrecognizable, yeah. nobody wants that. See, they're looking to the door and they're guessing what they want inside. They don't know because they've never been inside. So I've been inside a lot of spaces and a lot of rooms, and I have the opportunity and the blessing to see what they think on the other side. And they're not looking for the contorted, tight suit wearing Negro. Yeah, yeah. They're not looking for the proper English speaking. I do speak proper when I feel like it. They're not looking for that. Now. They are looking for people who can get stuff done. Entrepreneurs don't care what you look like. Don't Very care true. what you wear. Very true. Can you get it can you get done? done? Yeah. And I look in my space. Now, I'll never code anything for your computer. Yeah. I'm saying I'm, I'm not carrying nothing for you. There's a lot of stuff. I'm not cutting your hair. There's a lot of things I don't do. And I don't profess to do them. But the things that I do, strategy, assessments, analysis, planning, crushing. So an another interesting thing that I kind of want to speak about, I know you've done a lot in the United States as far as, you know, mass incarceration, uh, 
um, the gang activists in the business as well. I've also seen that you kind of taking a lot of those things overseas, as far as like Costa Rica, Costa Rica, London, London, Saudi Arabia, yeah. Australia. So how are Sweden, you? How are you deciding? Go like twenty more countries. How are you deciding which international markets you, is that coming through relationship building and those people just happen to be from XYZ and they say it's relationship building and people are looking for I do violence reduction yeah. I do gangs that's one of the things that I do and right now El Salvador has a huge gang problem because people, we're exporting American gang members slash out Salvadorian citizens yeah. back to their country and they turned, their country wasn't prepared for that. Bermuda, Bahamas, um, South Africa has a huge, it might not be gang, but a violence problem. Yeah. So you go around the country, around the world, there's violence everywhere. So if someone who does violence reduction doesn't only have to do it in Cleveland, but or, or in Tampa, you go wherever the problem is. Yeah. People see themselves as, I'm from this city. That's the New England Patriots thing. I'm a Patriot fan. No, I'm a fan of one. Before Patriot fan, I should move for the Raiders because all black kids wore Raiders. We thought that was a cool everywhere. In, in the 80s. In the 80s, the Raiders were the team that we all looked up to, even though we didn't watch sports. So I don't look at myself as I'm a global citizen. I have a passport. I've been around the world like twice. So I count myself as I've been through over 30 countries. My son has been over 30 countries, and he's 13. So we are global citizens. And my wife has been over 40 countries. We travel the world. And why not? Don't my mother used to say to me, hey, I left the house. Who's not going with you this time? <laughs> she, we'd be in the house. We'd be sitting down. I'm like, yo, we're going to go to Sweden. We, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Then it's time to go. We're leaving my house. My mother was there. She used to stay with me. She said, well, where's Tolson? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And the next time, it's where's Johnny? Then the next time, it's where it's forever. It turned into, who's not going with you this time? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great thing that you're doing with your son as far as exposing him to other countries. I was lucky that when I was uh, 13, 14, my dad had sent me to a boarding school in London. And I was there for a little while. Then I went to Africa. I was in Africa for five and a half years. I went around like 10 African countries before I was 19. And so when I came back to the States, it just changed Mindset. my whole mindset. It's like, I'm not looking about what opportunities are in St. Louis, Missouri anymore. It's right. like, uh-uh, hell no. We have to see what's what's going on in different places because there's opportunities and people and other things that can be better than what's in There's not just, as you have to say St. Louis. St. Louis is my second home. But there, you can never leave St. Louis and make billions and millions of dollars. There's tons of business in St. Louis. For sure. There's tons of business in Richmond, Virginia. There's tons of business in Atlanta, Georgia. There's tons of business wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So it's, I actually make less money when I go international mm-hmm. because they pay different wages. For sure, of course. So it was not just really for the money for me. It's it, more of an experience. experience and just, just open up your mind and you're just able to just see the world from a different lens. You know, if, if I stayed in St. Louis my whole life, I would only be able to see the world through a lens of somebody who's born and raised in the Midwest. So if I would ever try to step out of that zone and try to relate with somebody like you, who's been to 40, 50 different countries, done business, even as hard as I tried, it would be a level to where I may not be able to be a good fit to partner with you, unless it was something local in St. Louis. I agree. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, I, I'm definitely believing. When I was a kid, by chance, I became a foreign exchange student of my high school. I'm filling three years of high school, 
Reagan put out a program. He wanted black kids to go abroad. So he said, you can't use grades. You can only, only use potential. That's a lick. So I ended up, <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah. I ended up in the thing. I was deemed to have the most potential of any kid in Boston Public Schools in 1984. I won the first scholarship out of 34. Mm. They sent me to London, to Paris, to Sweden, to Amsterdam, and to Brussels. And I was like, but it changed my thinking. I still wanted to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> but even the conversations I would have with people about being in foreign countries, they had never been in a foreign city. Yeah. yeah. Let alone foreign country. So it just gave me a different level of seeing things, a different vantage point. It played in huge when I came home. My realm of possibility is global. Next person's realm of possibility is city limited. Gotcha. So before we go, what would be your advice for somebody who maybe doesn't have the world background that you and I have, or doesn't have the business experience that you and I have, and they know they want to, you know, kind of take it to the next level, not just in business, but in their own mentality and their personal life. But they're coming from the inner city, or they're coming, or maybe they're not even coming from the inner city. Maybe they're middle class, but they just have no direction, no guidance. And they're struggling with, do I take the route of what the world says, go to school, get a degree, hop out that way? I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to college and get a degree. Not at all. I'm sending my son to college. He's going to get a degree. 100%. He's not going to college to find a job. Exactly. Okay. He's going to college for the experience. Yes. So my son is being set up now to have residual income of a minimum of $50,000 before he steps foot in the college. Mm-hmm. And we're putting together a Roth IRA where we're going to put 180000 into a trust they pay $6,000 a year into his raw. So by the time he's 44, he has compound interest over 30 years. Mm-hmm. That he will be set financially. He is not going to college to get a job. So you would tell a kid that they should chase experience? No. Or experiences? If you're in high school, you definitely want to finish high school strong. Yeah. You're saying you want to go to college if need be. But go to college. College is a place you share ideas. Mm-hmm. It's not a place you get smart. Yeah, so not, not Bill Gates... Was at college and he knocked on the door and this guy named Paul Allen was on the other side of that door. So Paul Allen and Bill Gates started a company and dropped out of college. Bill Gates went out and Paul built one of the biggest companies globally. But they were both in the right place looking for people to feel and think what they did. Whatever you love, whatever you love, if you go to a college campus of 30,000 kids, there's about a third of that campus loves what you love. And it will sit in Starbucks with you all night and talk about it. You can't get your homies to talk about because they don't care about it. But you go to college, you're going to find people who love what you love and love it even more than you. So it could be college, it could be conferences, it could be you just have to get music out festivals, just got to get out. No, the, the, problem, the problem with conferences, go to conferences, but a lot of people are looking for a magic bullet. They're looking for that one connector, that one relationship that's going to catapult them into success. Well, it's the same thing with college. Some people going to college to get a degree, so it's about you can go there. You just got to find the people that yeah. are. You got to go and take your time yeah. and find the people who love what you love, not just want to make money at what you want to make money at. And if I had to give advice to people from middle class spaces, you have benefits, you have access, you have things that we don't have in the hood. Don't ever let anybody make you feel bad for having no. it. No. But make the most of it. Find, use those resources, use that access to leverage you to this place. You can go to a conference, you can go on a you know, European trip, you can go to different places yeah. because your parents can afford it. That's great. You, my son does my son goes away to China right now because dad can afford it. He's gonna have nine days in China. I am somebody tried to tell him you should feel bad because your dad paid for a trip to China, then you go hang out there. If you go to Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> my kid's going to China, he just came back from um, Italy. 
and he's on his way, he's gonna keep going places. That should be a quote. That should be a quote. You can go to Chuck E. Cheese. My kids are going to China. All right, big dog, appreciate you, man. to the beginning to the start what made you say you know what i want to not just 
you know, be a makeup artist or, you know, do, do this makeup? How did you turn this into a business? You know, what was that, you know, initial energy like? I knew that um, I don't want to work for anyone for the rest of my life. Sure. That's not something that I just foresee myself doing, and I know that there's no better time to start than now. Um, it was something that I played around with entirely too long, and I just took a leap of faith and put it into action. Um, and I know that anything that you put your heart into, it will not fail. So granted, you know, in entrepreneurship, there's going to be ups and downs. It might be a little harder some days than others, but... So long as you have the passion for it, anything that you have the passion for is going to succeed. Yeah. Because that's what you're not going to give up on. Yeah. So I, in the, I, I know like when I started my business, which is event management, and you got you got to learn like the little ins and outs of yeah. the industry. It's like, what was that like for you as far as far as knowing okay, where I'm, where are you going to source your products? Where how you know how you going to you know uh, determine what quality you're going to use? Like, how was that like? Was that something that was? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's something that one took a lot of patience and it took a lot of time. You don't want to rush into something and just say you want to do it and just do it and not have the quality in your product when, when it comes time to push it to the forefront because that's going to make or break your business. So it took a lot of me researching different vendors and then everyone offers, you know, the same thing kind of sort of, but it's a matter of finding your match. So I had to figure out whose quality matched what I wanted my product to represent. I had to find someone who was able to match my work ethic in terms of communication can I entrust you with my product and trust that you're going to have the same passion and care that I have with yes. it myself I'm still learning the ins and outs because you know say I, I'm, I do plan on expanding my business but just ensuring that every part of the expansion process has that same care yeah, and quality definitely. so it's an ongoing learning process I don't think I've stopped learning yet yeah. so so, I mean, that's always a never-ending process. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to grow or if you want to take something to the next level, there's always going to be a, a new step or a new a level. A new step, a new lesson. A whole new learning curve. A whole new learning <laughs> curve. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just think it's very important that um, we just continue to do that. Absolutely. And surround ourselves around people that are going to help and kind of, you know, get a step. So, kind of tell me about like, what, what specifically do you guys offer and do you guys you know, have right now as far as your product is? Um, so... Currently, I just restocked. Um, my lash line is a total of four signature lashes. They are L, Allure, which I have on right now, okay, right, um, right. Vogue, and Cosmo. And those are all that I offer as of right now. Those are selling like hotcakes, especially Allure and Cosmo. Those are our two top sellers. Okay. I have to restock on those often. Yeah. Um, I do plan on expanding i'm thinking maybe some highlighters or just maybe even a full-on cosmetic line but as for right now the lashes are in um how i even got into deciding to sell strip mink lashes yeah. is because i know some of you or you might not be familiar but not like either. as a woman <laughs> you know girls are out here and they're paying 125 200 to get lash extensions and it's okay. like a two-hour process and i've been there done that not to knock anyone who does it but i sleep on my face so it's like it doesn't make sense to spend two hundred dollars on lashes yeah. for me to go and then sleep on my face and now they're all messed up tomorrow. Yeah, so being able to take them off and put them on is one mm -hmm. which I love the most. But also being that I can be whoever I want to be. Definitely. In a different <laughs> pair. So today I'm very cute and I'm very flirty, but tomorrow I might be extra glamorous and put on a different pair. And you just never know. Okay, so each each line, so the Allure, the Cosmo, the Vogue, 
there's different, I guess, um, personalities. personalities that come along with them. Yeah. So, like, how would you describe the different ones? Um, I would say that the most glamorous of them all, to me personally, is my L. She is very long, full, flirty. Um, I would say Allure is more conservative, wispy, is not as bold, but still very, very full. As you can see, there these are like our top seller. Everyone loves them. Cosmo has a little bit more personality. It reminds me of a shooting star because how they point out. Yeah. And then Vogue is just, oh, just fabulous. Bottom line. So, um, uh, so I know when it comes to business, and we always hear that word scale, which mm -hmm. is. You know, if you're selling online or if you're in a salon and you want to scale, you want to get more salons, you want to get more customers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, are you, do you have any plans to maybe supply your lashes to other companies like salons on a large scale or? It's so funny that you asked me that because I literally just had this conversation last night. That's something that's in, that could potentially be in the works yeah. with, um, not even just salons, but even like smaller boutiques yes. okay. in Atlanta. Um, I'm also definitely collaborating with other makeup artists in Atlanta to do brand ambassador work because I just feel like there's no such thing as too much work. Exactly. There's no such thing. So there's never too many makeup artists. There's never too many lash checks. There's always mm -hmm. an opportunity to network and collaborate. So that's what I'm doing right now. And if I have a makeup artist that wants to strictly um, work through me as, my, as being my primary lash um, brand ambassador that I'm open to that as well so I'm just really testing the waters to see what works what works for me and my business Definitely. so far um, we're still very new so it's still a lot of research that I feel like I need yeah. to do I mean, there's gonna be a lot of like on the ground stuff just, yeah. just seeing how things play out in the field mm -hmm. you know but I mean hey if you're a lash technician or you're a salon definitely like reach out to her and you know yes. have that conversation let's see you know, Where are you with your business? Yeah. How can we work together? Exactly. What potential partnerships, collaborations can work? And out? I'm big on partnerships, especially within, especially with women, especially within the beauty industry, because I personally feel like it's bigger than just your physical. Yeah. In my field, I feel like it's my job to make every woman feel beautiful, 100%. regardless of, of of what what they come from or what they've been through. It is my responsibility to make you feel that much more beautiful in my product. Yeah. Period. And so it's really about not your, your the price. It's about what it makes you. Feel. It, I want you to feel glamorous. Yeah. Literally, when you purchase your Blink More Glam Minks, the first thing you will see when you open your box it says "All Things Glamorous." Mm -hmm. All things glamorous. Hey, uh, hey, Jay, can you get us one of those uh, boxes so you can show the people? <laughs> yeah. Anyone specific? Uh, just one that take has, your pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So what we oh wow, he brought the bestseller. <laughs> this is Allure. <laughs> so yeah, so I wanted to keep something very simplistic, very chic, so I got the matte black packaging. And then the other thing about it, when starting a business, if you can find someone who's all in-house, I personally think that's even better. So my vendor does my packaging as well. Wonderful. My last vendor does my packaging, ladies. So that's business 101. That's how you can keep things all in-house. Keep easier it in-house. Get things out when you have more than one. If it's area. coming from one person, from one place, you have one primary source of contact, that's good. So, uh, another reason why we do this is so that, you know, the watchers that want to get into business, whether it's your business, my business, or whoever's business, they can kind of get. You know tips and techniques and i know you oh. said earlier how there's never there's never you know too many other people in an industry because there's enough never. people in the world there's enough money in the world to go around they make money every day 100%. they print money not make money as in you earn it they're yeah. printing Prince. money every day <laughs> definitely okay so every time they print it that's an opportunity for you to secure 100%. it 
So like, let's say there's there's a young lady or a young man, you know, who wants to get into the beauty industry doing what you're and doing. And I have that. I've yeah. had I've had guys, a male influencers, male makeup artists who are interested yep. in my product, 100%. and I'm not discriminating. I'm 100%. open to helping anyone who wants to better themselves. 100%. So so like, what would you tell them if they're trying to like do what you're doing? Because you're even though you're in the beginning, you started. Right. You know, there's people out there that haven't even started. They're still in the idea phase. So like, what would you tell them, if, you know, to somebody who's in Dallas, Texas, or LA, or whoever that wants to follow and do what you're doing? I would say start. Yeah. Just start. If you're like me or just anyone, you have the idea. The idea means nothing until it's put into action. Action beats ambition. We hear Ernestine. Yeah. Shout out to Ernestine. DJ, what's going on? <laughs> um, action beats ambition every time. You can be the most ambitious person, and, and if you don't put any action into it, no one gets to see that. So my word would say, I would say... First, do your research. Be fully aware and engulf yourself in as much information as you can about that business or about that area of expertise. Make sure that you're educated on it and then execute. Educate yeah. and then execute. That definitely. That's it. And as far as information and educating yourself, there's, there's YouTube, there's the internet, there's beauty conferences, and there's, there's business conferences. And there's real person-to-person exactly. relationships. Exactly. Yeah, what you can build. I think what's really helped me over the last 10 years or so is that I, I'm, I think I'm just amazing at building relationships. You know, I agree. Like, he is. He is. <laughs> I 100% agree. I like to like meet people and connect with them on something that's outside of business. If we can connect with people and, and persons. As a, and people and are more like inclined to help you yeah. when they know you as a person 100%. and they know your genuine spirit, 100%. your personality, when they can kind of come to, to determine what type of person you are for themselves outside of business because we call those types of people who don't opportunities. Exactly. And I'm not going to be inclined 100%. to help someone who I believe is an opportunist yeah, because I'm going to think that you're leeching from me that and that you're a very selfish it's, it's a one and done it's a know? one and done and it is just like that energy is not even energy that you want to introduce into your business yeah. energy is real yeah it is and then it affects your business it affects everything it affects everything <laughs> but it affects your business it's your okay? momentum it's, your it's momentum yeah, yeah. your creativity your innovation it affects all of that so be mindful about the energy that you would attract I personally don't like to do business with anybody that I don't like you know, I don't. I don't have to love you, but I need to enjoy your enjoy presence. Enjoy you, and then business, <laughs> business, business. That's that. <laughs> you, you said something there. You have to. If you can't even maintain a, a level of professionalism or cordial, yeah, cordial level with that person, then you probably don't need to be in business yeah, with them. If I dread having to hear your voice, mm. then we don't need to be in business. What type of relationship is that going to be long term? It, it, it won't be. Like, yeah, <laughs> it won't be a relationship. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, um, so, uh, so right now you have, you have the lashes. We have, yes, we have the lashes. Blink more glam. And, and your website is Blink more glam. So it's www.blinkmoreglam.com. Okay. Make sure you subscribe to the website so you receive ten percent off of your next purchase. Mm-hmm. But to go back to what we were talking about with the packaging, all things glamorous, no exaggeration. This it. looks like something my lady would have in her makeup. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you keep your case, obviously, protect your lashes, and all lashes come with a spoolie so that you can brush through them, keep them clean. And so what I want to do is, because I'm not just about showcasing and showing other people's businesses, okay. but also being a customer. So okay. what I want to do is I want you to sell me something that you think my lady would love to wear as far as lashes, because she wears lashes. Okay. And so a lot of times when I'm FaceTiming her or whatever, when she's getting off of work, she's like, oh, I can't wait to take these off. And, and I'm oh, like, no. I, like, hey, hey, what hey. The, what, if, what they knew, if they knew how many boxes of, of lashes I had in my car that I literally probably snatched them off yeah. on my way to or coming from, I'm just like, put these in here real quick. 
I don't blame her. So cool. So just tell me what you think, you know, would be the best for her. And I, I want to actually be a customer and support you, not just in showcasing, but actually support you with my dollar. <laughs> Let me tell you, and 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 all that is so. I'm so happy that you even touched on that. And the thing that I respect and I, and I, I love and appreciate the most is when people genuinely support you and don't ask for a discount. They're not yeah. seeking for anything beneficial beneficial to them. They are genuinely supporting you. Definitely. And I think that that's something that you have to acknowledge and then be thankful for. So I genuinely appreciate you even wanting to do that because I've had my share of interactions with people who want immediately a discount. Yeah. And it bothers me yeah. because you haven't even made your first purchase. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you so had you made your first purchase, you would know that you already get a discount on exactly. your next purchase. So it's just like <laughs> people are just already trying to get trying to see. Well, I don't want to pay the full price. Well, my product might not be for you right now. The, However, the when you get it, the price is the price. The price is the price. The price is the price, and the price is guaranteeing the quality. Yeah. Period. Sure. You know. So so yeah. I mean, I, I think that is. Um, it's a wonderful thing what you're doing. I'm so supportive of you. Like I'm Thank you. so proud of Thank you. Thank you. And, um, I, you guys, I just, let me tell you, Tosin is so amazing. He is such an amazing person. I'm I. I'm I. I'm I. He's a he's an amazing <laughs> person. Let me tell you, I had the pleasure of when we first traveled together to Chicago and just being able to have a one on one conversation with him, just genuinely getting to know you. You are amazing, and this platform yeah. is amazing. And I thank you for thinking of me and my business <laughs> and bringing me on. And I can't wait to see all that you do going forward because you. you're just that dope thank you you're just Appreciate that dope you. he's just that dope guys so yeah we want to uh go to blink more glam follow me off. on instagram at blink more glam Gotta and like us on facebook at blink more glam everything blink more glam and everything Jerry, let's make sure we get the little ig thing <laughs> jerry's the man behind the camera he's the one that makes all this match look as amazing as it he's is making so look we gotta make sure that we shout out the shooter shout so, out the shooter <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you guys so um, I want to buy, so hold on. So you said, which one of these are your best sellers? So one. Allure the and Allure. Cosmo. And Cosmo. And then I would say are the best sellers. Okay. This is two. the best seller, but this is like a second to Okay. Best. And these two are? L, L and Vogue. And Vogue. I love Vogue too. But see, and this is how I had to break it down when I did like my little IG, IGTV Q&A. Yeah. These are more for nightwear to me. Okay. And these are like your day to day. So it's like I wear these the most. Gotcha. But if I'm going out, I'm busting out one of my hoodies. Gotcha. So the Allure and the Cosmo is like the day-to-day. -day. The day-to-day, -day. yeah. So um, I want to, you know what? I don't know lashes, so like I would. <laughs> Let me just okay. I want to just buy all four for my little lady. Oh, and so if you can just just send me your cash app or whatever, for sure. And then I'll just get all four of them and send it to her. First of all, let me tell you how bomb she's gonna look in all of these for okay. one. And yeah. also, if you can make sure that you get good pics of her, I, I will. I trust me, it's gonna I be wanna, a photo and shoot. I, if if you can get the most genuine feedback, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that. I 100%. love, I love to hear. How, how my girls feel afterwards. Yeah. I just, I, it, it, it warms my heart, honestly. Cool. So, yeah, just, you know, let me, let me see. Let me do that right now so the people know I'm for real. I'm not, yeah. I'm not playing. They want me to Support me. black business, people. Hey, 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 so Support your so, friends. So, um, how much are they each? 20. 20? Mm-hmm. Come on, now, I got to get 25. So, one, two, three, four. So, 20, let's, hold on, go back. So, uh, um, and your cash app is? M O R G G S M O R G G S T T 2 number 2 much M U C H That's all right there we go 
confirm. Oh, guys. Lashes for right Bay. <laughs> Lashes for Bay. That's the hashtag. Hey, That's the new hashtag. Yo, you, hey, I'm using that. Hey, you heard it here first. Hashtag. Let's copyright it first. And bam. Bam. Support him. Thank you so much. So, Thank yeah. you. Not a problem. Thank you. I, I, want, I want you to succeed so much, and I want to do whatever I can to, to help because I believe in you, and I believe in what, what, what you're building. I think it's going to be a great company, and it's going to grow into an amazing venture for you. So. I'm so humbled. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, yeah. So, King, where were you when you found out about Nipsey Hussle's passing? So, um, that was like a week ago now. So, I was on a business trip in Chicago, and uh, it was probably like 6 o'clock, like 6 p.m., and um, I was getting like a quick little nap, and then my boy, when I woke up, my boy, he had sent me a text. He said, did you hear? And so, every time I get a text message that said, did you hear? It means somebody either in my family, close friend, or something has died. So I was looking at that text message for like a good three, four minutes. I was like, man, what the fuck? I don't even want to respond to this. I don't even, I don't even got the time or the mental energy or the emotional energy to even hear that like somebody in the family has passed. And so I was like, you know what, fuck it. And I called him. I said, hey, man, what, what, what's up? Did I hear what? And then he's like, about Nipsey Hussle. And I'm like, what happened to him? And then uh, he said he had got shot, but he didn't say he was dead. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, people get shot all the time. So I'm thinking, okay, he just got shot, whatever, be, he'll be okay. Death was nothing that was in my mind at that time. And then um, I hopped on Instagram, and I think it was uh, Rowdy Rebel. He had posted R.I.P. Lope. And then I was like, what the fuck? Like, he's dead. And then I was just really just confused, like, what, like, what happened? Like, who shot him, like, like, why would Nipsey Hussle be dead, you feel me? And so, um, really, like, the, the three emotions that people go through when they deal with death or they hear about death, the first one, I believe, is denial. Um, the second one is um, acceptance. And the third one is grief. So at this stage, I'm still in denial. I'm just like, nah, it's, there's got to be something else behind this or whatever it's not that he's dead maybe something else happened and i just started seeing a whole bunch of people say r.i.p 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 and um you know the first time i ever dealt with death was when i was 14 years old my best friend charles smith he passed away in his sleep when we were 14 years old and i went through all three of those emotions and that was the first time i ever dealt with it and i felt like i was going through it again even though i don't know nipsey hustle i don't know him personally never spoke to the man um, just started listening to his music probably about three and a half, four years ago. Uh, really admired that he was just like in business and he's, he's my age. We're exactly the same age. We're both 33 years old. And so I just used to really just listen to his music and watch him just off, off the game he was putting out.
And so as the day started to pass, it was kind of like I felt angry. I was like, what the fuck? Like, why would somebody kill him? You know, he was doing just real good stuff, not just for himself, but for the community. And um, it was really just shock, man. It was really just shock. It was just like, okay, then going through the acceptance part. When it's like, okay, he's actually dead. Like, he's gone. And then the grief, where it's like you start feeling mad and angry. And it's kind of weird to feel that way over somebody you don't know. But it just goes to show you how much, you know, emotional energy we put into people that we don't know, but who we follow, who we agree with, and who we feel that we relate to. And so that was really just like a real hard, difficult, uh, awkward feeling going through, you know. So that's really how it happened. So how do we continue Nipsey's legacy like? with him passing I mean the way I look at it even though he did die early he died too soon but the energy that he put out there as far as like ownership entrepreneurship real estate we gotta carry that torch and carry that energy you know so like as you know me I'm big on business I'm big on real estate what people don't know is uh, the Marathon clothing store that Slauson supermarket or whatever he owned the building he bought the building and he just got approved literally like maybe three weeks ago he had got approved to go up 60 units, I think, uh, um, I'm not sure if it was affordable housing or if it was luxury market rate apartments, but he was he was gonna build 60 units on top of the building. This is a 33 year old man from the hood, former gangbanger, street dude, rapper, but who was financially literate. And so when I see that, and I see that this is a king who is my same age, we can't just like, okay, cry about it and be sad and then go on about our lives and not do anything. We gotta actually like carry on that same torch and that same energy in our own lives, whatever it is. Like, own your stuff, own real estate, uh, uh, own your masters if you're in music. Get into business, stocks, bonds. Like, we have to actually take that uh, 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 that behavior that he brought on and that he was trying to show to the world and he showed to the world for you know a good cause for a good reason. You know, for our generation, for our culture. Like Nipsey Hustle for our generation is like of the equivalent to like a Tupac of the generation before us. But imagine a Tupac who's a bit smarter, who's financially literate, who, who just wasn't talking about the problems and the issues in the community, but was like, look, these are the solutions. This is what we actually do. And then leads by example, by actually doing it. You know, so I think that's really the only thing we can do right now. Um, the situation involving his death, why it happened, how it happened, I don't think we'll ever really know. You know, I mean, the only the only person who really knows why, why he shot him is the person who shot him. And so that's something that we, as the public, may never, ever really know, ever in life. So, um, you know, I think we just got to carry on the torch by just going hard. So, the, you know, uh, like we were saying, Nipsey went back and bought up his block and everything. Yeah. He, was in the, he ended up being murdered right in front of his own store. Yeah. So is that still the game plan? Like buy back the block, even though as sad as it sounds, that's look how they did them, you know? Yeah, I mean, but it's like the only alternative is that we don't buy up our block and somebody else buys it. Violence can happen anywhere. There's people that get killed in luxury neighborhoods every single day. You know, not as much as in our neighborhoods, but the reason why is because they spent years and years and years and years building up that neighborhood to where the violence is not as much. So, us being the first ones to do it, or the first round of people to do it, that's just the risk that comes with it. 
But if we don't take on that risk and we say, let somebody else do it, then it just gets prolonged. So like, it's sad to say that he had to get killed in front of the building that he bought in the community he was building up. But it wasn't his community that really did it to him. It was that person who had some type of issue with some gripe with him. The community loved him. So the person who killed him, his feelings towards Nipsey is not the general feelings of everyone in the community, just that one hating ass individual, that one evil individual, just that one person. So, you know, we can't take this situation and say because of what happened to him, we're now not gonna buy back our blocks because the only alternative is that we just end up in a worse situation than before. What were some of your favorite things about Nipsey Hussle? Whether it was music or do, is there any specific songs that you could relate to? Or? Yeah, so the thing that I really uh, admire about him is that he, he was a street cat, but he was smart. You know, so a lot of things that, that he did, that he has done, some people go to college, get PhDs, and go to business school and still can't do and still don't do. So he, he was self-taught. Well, he got mentors, he read books. And so he was just a very proactive person. And so that's how I see myself as a very proactive person. I've never had somebody that just, you know, out of nowhere is saying, you know, I'm gonna teach you the game. I'm gonna teach you how to get it. I had to go out and seek it. And so I kind of see that in him. And I saw that in, in myself and him being the same age as me. It's like, man, it's like, okay, there's other people that are like me that think that same way. And so as far as music, the first song I ever heard of Nipsey Hussle, well, it's not, 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 not the first song. The first song I ever liked of Nipsey Hussle is a song called Four in the Morning off the Crenshaw mixtape. And so um, back when I had a job at a, a staffing company, it was like a catering company, I was riding back with my boy Keith, and he had, had like a playlist. We was listening to like Chicago drill music and some other stuff and whatever. And then um, the sample of that song came on, and I love music with samples. And so the sample came on, and I heard it for the first time, and I had to tell myself, yo, Keith, run that back. I run that back. That was like four years ago. And so um, from then, he had another song called That's How I Know. Or no, it's not That's How I Know. It's called That's How I Knew. And that song is basically him just talking about when he knew his mom was changing, when he knew he was special, when he knew he was different, when he knew he was growing, when he knew that like things within him were changing and that he had to like act on them. And so like, you know, me personally, because I've been so in tune with Nipsey as of late, like in the last three, four years, I figured that everyone knew who he was, or at least everyone knew of his music and of his songs. I didn't know that there was still a lot of people that are in our industry, that are in business, that are of the culture, and didn't know who a Nipsey Hustle was. It's like you're in hip hop and you don't know who, you know, a Jay-Z is, or you don't know who, I don't know, who, who, who else is in rap this getting money in, in business. It's just one of those things that I was just kind of surprised that more people didn't know who he was at this time, being he had done so much in such a short period of time. And so, uh, yeah, I mean. So for people who do want to go back to the community, you know, help and rebuild it, how should they move when they're in the community? Well, I mean, I, I think it's just, you just got to be more aware. You know, it would be a, a terrible message for me to tell people to just go get guns and arm themselves and start walking around like they ramble or whatever that would just be the wrong thing to say but you just got to be aware you know that that's just the situation that we live in if you're trying to go back to the communities where you came from or communities that you know are dangerous or are, are riddled with violence you just have to keep your eyes open you know and 
as we I know we're all dealing with that crap in a barrel saying and stuff like that and it's sad to say that in some situations that is true so it's the people closest to you you know if they're not in line with like what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do then you know you got to try your best to keep them at arm's length um, you know the people that surround you that's violent or that have a propensity for violence or the ones that you know are jealous or the ones that was always mad when good things happen to you you know your homeboy that gets mad and upset every time you come up you know him you know who he is or who she is you know so just be aware of, of those people that you that get close to you um, even saying that even you being aware doesn't mean that nothing will ever happen to you you know there is no like one size fits all do this and you'll be good we don't know in anybody's day could come we don't know so it's just one of those things you just gotta just keep your eyes open be aware be smart and just pray that God has his mercy on you that everything you know works out well for you that you're able to to really live out what your goals and what your dreams are and you're able to do what you want to do to give back to your community that's really all we can do you know because anybody who says they have the answer of, of how to fix it or what to do is lying to you you know they're just lying to you, you know but I will say is that Nipsey did what he could he did his best he definitely definitely did the damn thing and, uh, you know, he did in his 33 years what a lot of people don't do in a lifetime. So even though his time got cut short, I think that uh, he left a, 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 an amazing legacy. Like, amazing. And so we would just be fools if we didn't, you know, carry on from that and also establish our own. You know, imagine if there was 50 Nipsey Hustles. You could kill one of us, but the marathon continues. So we have to get in that mind state because anything can happen. Anybody could die any day. But if it's if it's too many of us, you can't kill you can't kill everybody. You know, so that's just one thing that we have to kind of just keep in mind. Man. We just gotta go hard and we gotta really take it seriously. We really gotta, you know, take advantage of the time that we live in right now. This is a special time, unlike no other time. Like as Nipsey Hussle said, this is the gold rush of our generation. We have this internet, we got this social media. There's so many ways that we can reach people, affect change without having to go through the system. The system is, is, is not even valid anymore. We are the system. So we would be dumb, we would be stupid if we didn't take advantage of the power that we have right now to leverage each other and make shit happen, you know? Nipsey Hustle, RIP King, salute. Thousands of fans of Grammy-nominated rapper and community activist Nipsey Hussle are in a state of shock today. They are mourning the hip-hop star's ultimately and violent death. Uh, Nipsey Hussle was murdered in broad daylight outside a clothing store that he owned in South Los Angeles. He was killed just before he was about to meet with city leaders and the LAPD about reducing gang violence. Invest in some assets as opposed to trick off my money on some liabilities like diamonds. You know what I'm saying? Cars that lose value. So you're trying to you're trying to get land. Exactly, homie. A real asset. Take care of my people. Cause you know, that's it, it, it look good, but at the end of the day, we losing value. Yo, my nigga been in this park a lot of years, my nigga. You feel me? But we had the shop and all that. We just be right here out the trunk, doing what we do, getting our little money, you know what I'm saying, scraping up our little hands. And the shit took took you know what I'm saying? Each next level. Now we got the shop going, we got the, the deal popping. This the parking lot that, you know what I'm saying, I first started selling my shit on my trunk and it wasn't no t-shirt store. It was a uh, quick and split before the master parker. This was a clothing store, somebody else owned it. We was about 15, 14, I was in the parking lot doing up. Before we were selling music, we were doing what all these young niggas do, trying to get money around here, grinding. 
then we transitioned to music, transitioned to art music, and then, you know what I'm saying, built from that foundation. But then we came back and started the store. And this is actually the second store. We had one two doors down, police raided. I went to jail, my brother went to jail. Y'all heard about it on the records, but we back out, so it's the new and approved. That's why I was smoking my stuff. Nah. <laughs> Did you ever get down where it was like, man, this ain't gonna work? Or, you know? That's why I call my thing the marathon, because yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie and, and, and portray um, this ultimate poise, like I've been, had it figured out. No, I just didn't quit. That's the only distinguishing quality from me and probably whoever else going through this or went through this or is gonna go through this is that I ain't quit. I went through every emotion. I went through every emotion with trying to pursue what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that what what gonna separate whoever's gonna try to go for something is that you ain't gonna quit. Unless, you know, you're gonna really take the stance if I'm gonna die behind what I'm, what I'm getting at right now. You know, it was a higher purpose, I believe, for what we're doing over here. It wasn't to get in trouble with the police. It wasn't to be a menace to the area. It wasn't to, you know, continue a tradition of self-destruction. It was, it was to build. And so all the obstacles and everything we went through for being misjudged and misunderstood, um, you know, it didn't stop us. You know, it, did, it, wasn't, it wasn't a brick wall, it was a speed bump, you know? And it was, and I embraced it as, as, you know, the resistance, the gravity of trying to do something great. You know? That's how I know. That's how I know. That's how I know. That's how I knew that I was different. That's how I know. 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 That's how I knew that I was different. Right. And it's like, you know, you can look a gift horse in the face and not know what you're looking at. And I feel like, you know, I'm looking at the gift horse. I'm just one of the ones that notice what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? It's actually an incredible. Time. It's like a gold rush. It's never been a time like this. In our generation, it's our equivalent of the gold rush. When everybody moved to California, this technology has empowered everybody. It's it, it giving people, you know, it's as big as, as you want to make it. And, you know, it's as far as you want to take it. And we could quote a gang of things going on in the world right now, or just, you know, accept it as being true. But, you know, it's like, man, giants gonna crumble. Big, big companies gonna crumble. New companies gonna pop up out of nowhere.